Welcome to NR92's The Feed, the only radio show worth billions and billions and billions and billions. One hundred billion dollars. It's time for The Feed. Welcome to this week's episode of The Feed. I'm Mackenzie here with Jet. Oh, and we have got a vast array of film and movie knowledge. That's what we're going to be talking is movies today. With the Edmonton Film Festival kicking off today, it's all movies on the feed today. Honestly, yeah, we're going to be talking about so much. We're going to start with the Edmonton Film Festival. This one is very female gender uh, oriented for sure. So there's the Edmonton Film Festival, which is the one every year at Landmark Cinemas. And then there's another one that's going on right now, which is the Edmonton's International Woman Film Festival, Mm -hmm. which is happening uh, around Nate. Um, you know, I'm excited about it because as a female, it's exciting <laughs> to see more and more females, especially in directing. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I'd say given as of late within the next five years or so like that, we've been really pushing the female oriented directing, mm-hmm. uh, female led movies, Captain Marvel, um, Wonder Woman. There is a recent Amazon Prime movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix yeah. called uh, You Were Never Really Here, which actually got a lot of critical buzz. So, yeah. And uh, Tora, you're talking about the uh, Edmonton Film Festival. Yeah. So uh, lots of it, like Mackenzie said earlier, is going on here at Nate. Um, A lot of the movies will be playing in the Shaw Theater, one of which started about four minutes ago. Um, It's called We All Believe in You. And I got to sit down with the directors and the writers of this film, uh, Andrea Bessa and Blake Lotz. What started out as a passion photography project for Blake Lotz slowly turned into the film We All Believe in You, which has now won multiple Canadian film awards. I got involved with We All Believe in You, the organization, back when it was a portrait photography project. So it started out as a dream of Blake's. She had always wanted to photograph other folks living with mental illness. And when she was finally nearing the launch of the original photography exhibit, she was looking for volunteers to transcribe the interviews that had gone along with each of the photo shoots. And I knew Blake as a photographer. I didn't know her personally at the time, but a bunch of my friends were like, this is right up your alley. You're super into, you know, speaking up about mental health and you're a writer, so you should help transcribe these interviews. So I did. And it was a really, it was a really eye-opening experience. It was something I could connect to personally. And uh, yeah, from that point, uh, Blake and I became really good friends and I sort of watched the organization form and have been, I've been supporting it along the way. Uh, yeah, uh, making a documentary was something that we had talked about for a couple of years, but funding was always the biggest issue. So when the opportunity arose to pitch to Tell a Story Hive um, to make this length of piece, I contacted Blake right away. <laughs> I was like, I think I might have found a way to make this real. Um, and the rest is kind of history. It, it worked out really well. My biggest goal with this piece has always been to help everyone who's who's struggling with with mental health to help them feel less alone and my goal in bringing together everyone who's in the film was that anyone watching it could see themselves reflected back in some way so i've I put a lot of effort into making sure that we have a really sort of wide and diverse variety of voices in the film, talking about all aspects of mental illness. After the success and all the positive feedback Andrea Bessa received for We All Believe in You, she has begun to pursue some of her other projects as well. Received funding from StoryHive again, so I'm actually in pre-production on another documentary, and this one is called Solidarity Film Camp, 
and I'm putting on a film camp for marginalized youth. And the documentary is going to be about that film camp and the power of storytelling and the importance of empowering marginalized voices to harness storytelling as a way to change the world. You can catch the film We All Believe in You as well as many other documentaries all weekend here at Nate. Yeah, so it's it's pretty exciting. Um, there's also an article in The Nugget about the film, The, the Nugget, that just came out yesterday. Uh, Andrew's pretty cool crowd. She's doing lots of things. Um, I'm excited to see that uh, film camp video that's coming out, I think, next year. Yeah, and she's definitely pushing towards, like, you know, dis- like a movie about discussion, making yeah. sure that a lot of people at least are aware or at least talking about, you know, really deep topics like, you know, mental health and, you know, and that's one thing I find movies, at least modern movies, are at least pushing for a little more, which I feel is pretty awesome. It is, for sure. It's definitely good for everyone to see kind of themselves reflected on characters and screens and Yeah, stories. for sure. Yeah, and they're starting to realize, like, you know, hey, let's get a little bit more relatable towards our audiences and stuff like that. You know, I think that's the best stories are the ones that at least you can see in yourself in, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's a tough industry, Hollywood. Oh, it boy, is, is extremely it tough to even make your way into even knowing a guy who knows a guy in how Hollywood. Do, like, how do you? you it's so hard. Yeah, it's kind of tough. Like, I mean, a lot of people, even previous celebrities, they almost thought that they had nowhere to go. Like, even Keanu Reeves dropped out of high school and actually started working in an ice skating rink. Jim Carrey was a janitor because his family couldn't even afford to do, like, basic things. So he had to keep, like, he had to drop out of high school and work as a janitor. You know, and Jennifer Lawrence, again, another high school dropout because she was bullied. And it's, all they did was they started pursuing what they were really passionate about. And, of course, the good old Lady Luck decided to give them a chance for yeah. once. Yeah. I think for sure for a lot of people, especially actresses and actors, it's, it's all about luck. But then, on the other hand, there's also some people that it's just so much hard work and dedication and yeah, networking sure. to get into this industry. Well, and just being smart about it as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, just like I said, knowing people who know people who know people and then exactly. just getting your name out there. And Sean, say, you said you had a friend uh, who was in the industry and getting her name out there. Yeah, so I had the chance to sit down and talk with an old friend from high school, Belle Fleming. And she's actually doing incredibly well for for herself. Uh, She moved out to Vancouver and decided to pursue her dream. Belle Fleming is an actor's assistant currently employed in Vancouver, Canada. She grew up in the small town of Hardesty, Alberta, and graduated from Central High Cedric Public School. She left soon after graduation to pursue a career in something she had a passion for. Sure enough, it had been writing and film work. She has slowly worked her way up to the position she is in now, at the mere age of 19. Belle says that life as an aspiring writer has both its ups and its downs. I knew I wanted to work in film. I didn't know what yet. So then I started researching film schools and looking at what I could specialize in and that kind of stuff. I thought, okay, if I'm good at writing and I like film, let's try and put the two together. So then I chose the writing program and I did that for a year and graduated. Everyone like was very discouraging. They're like in film school, they taught you like, this is not going to be easy. And to start working on films, like you can't give up. You're going to have to probably go get a retail job and do this on the side. Like writers don't make money. This isn't going to happen for you. It was very honest and real. So at least they were like normal people about it. Belle has worked her way up to her position and expects to continue working her way to success. 
Her determination and fierce personality were only the first of many tricks she had up her sleeve. She says that networking had a huge part in helping her out. In film school, a presenter came and started talking to our class. And then afterwards, I was the only one in the class who got up and shook her hand at the end of it. And I said, thanks for coming in and talking to us. Can I have your card? I graduate in eight months. Can we meet for coffee and network? And she was like, absolutely. Eight months later, emailed her. She remembered me and we went for coffee right before I graduated. Yeah, so she was a production manager and she, me and her went for coffee and then that same day she took me into her production office and said, okay, do you want to be a volunteer intern and work in our production office? And I'm like, yes. I needed anything on my resume. I had no idea where to start. All I had was film school and high school and hard to see drugstore. It was getting coffee and doing filing and answering phones and no one told me what movies we were working on, like nothing. I had no idea it was working in an office is what it was. I wasn't even getting paid. So I just graduated and I'm like, is this even like doing anything for me? But it was because she started emailing me like films that were in need of an office production assistant, a director's assistant, an actor's assistant, like all these small lower jobs that are called through the grapevine and go through the email chains of people who can send their resumes in. I am working on uh, G.I. Joe Snake Eyes, the new G.I. Joe film. It's the biggest blockbuster being filmed in Vancouver for 2019 so far. I am Henry Golding's assistant. He was the lead actor in Crazy Rich Asians and Simple Favorite. Belle hopes to one day work her way up the ladder and officially produce, direct, write, and sell her scripts. Yeah, so that was about it, and it was really great catching up and getting to know someone that's actually succeeding in the film industry. Yeah, especially given that she's local, and you know, like, she's pretty much been through the same things as you have in regards to education, you Mm -hmm. know, with a little bit of film school on the side, of course, you know, but it's actually kind of neat to, it's, you know, exactly what it, what we were talking about is that it's really taking advantage of networking. Mm, for sure and you know and again it's just a little bit of lady luck was probably a little bit on her side and i mean hey it's a pretty big start off to be associated with a huge blockbuster right away you know Mm -hmm. especially you know like because those things make bucks they make millions and millions of bucks and it's hard too to get involved in in any kind of box office movie when you're not from yeah where because i would say the majority of actors these days would probably start off really really indie yeah and then just start progressing towards so you know those blockbusters and getting their name discovered which is pretty nice to hear and um speaking of which i mean i think we can obviously say that we're both Pretty solid movie fans, wouldn't yes, you say? Yeah. I would agree. I'd say that we're probably over average when it comes to. Being I'd a movie say fan. yes, <laughs> yes. We are slightly above average. Yes, <laughs> for sure. You know, and the thing is too is that um, a lot of people are going. You know, they're sticking between Netflix and movie theaters right. and stuff like that. But I'd say a lot of people are heading towards the theaters at least a little agree. bit more and as of late a lot more than what people say yeah a lot of people are always talking about how why would you go to the theaters when it's overpriced and you can just watch netflix at home yeah Yet it's it, box office movies are making more than they they ever well have. exactly and again it took how long did it take for avatar to be beaten out but i mean it still yeah. got beaten out and it's still part of the same franchise marvel 
that keeps, you know, making those billions and billions mm-hmm. of dollars, which is really nice to hear. And Ben, you were, uh, you had a friend who is pretty, just probably about as eager, if not a little bit more eager about movies as we are. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of people who have been kind of moving away from, you know, going to the movie theater with the streaming services. There's also a lot of people who are more dedicated than ever. I actually have uh, my buddy, Renee. He's actually so busy, I never got to physically talk to him, but I uh, kind of just shot him a few questions asking about his uh, personal viewing habits, and uh, I guess you could say he's like kind of into movies. Everyone likes going out to the movies, but for some people, it isn't just a casual fun night out. For some people, it is their passion. It's their hobby. I have a friend named Rene. He's one of these people. He loves movies. How much, you ask? Last year, he saw 64 movies in theaters. He estimates that with smaller screenings and indie releases on streaming platforms, he probably saw closer to 100 movies. 100 new movies. And I say new movies because he rewatches movies he's already seen, ones he loves, ones he wants to watch again. Over 100 movies. That's like a quarter to a third of your year. A quarter of your year is 92 days. He sees probably more than that. Like, probably a lot more than that. I think it's only fair to call him a super fan. So I asked him, why do you like movies? And this is what he said. Some people look at music as the best form of art, and some look at physical paintings as the best form of art, and I happen to be in a percentage where I believe it's film. It's a collaborative effort to write a story and then find the right people along the way to help bring it to life. It doesn't always pan out the way the creators might have hoped, but sometimes it does. George Lucas probably being one of the best examples of this. I also just love to escape. The world can be depressing, so to take your mind out of it for two hours, why not? And when you have an audience that's just as hyped as you are to watch something for the first time? Like this past summer when Endgame was released, there's an actual YouTube video, Avengers Endgame Theater Reaction. Go listen to the crowd. That's the bar I feel most creators set out to achieve, to have the audience invested and thankful that more stories will pop up. Every time I see Renee, it's usually before a movie, and he wants to talk about what's going on at the sets of other movies, or what movies he's just excited about or into right now. He even used a podcast about them. And while I might never reach that level, I'm happy that he finds so much enjoyment out of going to the movies, and I'm glad that all of Hollywood has this super fan. Yeah, so basically, he watches a lot of movies and knows way more. (laughs) Like, literally, he's one of those people who's always on Twitter, just so involved. He knows everything that's going on set, who's involved with who, like, everything. He knows everything there is to know about movies, and I respect him for it because I couldn't keep up. Yeah, and I'd imagine a person like that would be very analytical and very particular about what movies he eventually watches and which ones are, like, the pristine and the best of the best yeah he definitely has like a lot of those moments where he's like oh yeah it's all about technical stuff but he also is just like he's just down for a good a good time a good, a good time film. like hey. he's like he loves the marvel movies because he's grown up reading comics he's like he are doesn't. they the best movies ever no but he's like do i love them all the same absolutely yeah and that's a hundred percent fair you know and it's just i'm glad to see that you know the idea of going to the movie theater is still alive and very well i would say All right, we're going to take a little break here. Up next, we're going to be talking about the ever-so-nostalgic video rentals right here on NR92. Okay, now back to the feed on NR92. We're back. We are back, and we're talking about movies right here on the feed. Yes. 
Um, for me, thinking back to when I started my love for movies, it was those days where my mom would pick me up from school <laughs> and she'd say, we're watching a movie tonight because oh, I yeah. knew that meant we got to go to Blockbuster. Oh my God. That place is so nostalgic. I remember movie gallery right being, or like kind of the Canadian knockoff yeah. of it, but I remember always being fascinated by the box art, by the uh, Abounding, like abounding amount of movies. It was Which, if insane. You think, if you look back on it, there really wasn't that many options. Yeah, I mean, technically speaking, given you know the streaming lifestyle mm. by comparison, but like I mean, the one when you thing, were a kid, it felt like it felt it like it. You got really in intrigued by the box art, especially. Yeah. You know, like I remember like getting even frightened by you know box or like horror box art and stuff like that which is kind of a dying breed almost yeah you know like they don't focus on that anymore you focus on all the hype from all of the promotions yeah beforehand. like metacritic yeah. you know uh youtube videos trailers all the entertainment buzz and stuff like that it seems like it has shifted a little bit towards more the internet side of things yeah, for I sure agree. yeah but there is one place in edmonton that is keeping the vibe of movie rentals alive. Matt, you want to tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, it is a nostalgic thing of the past almost to do movie rentals. When you talk to somebody from a younger generation, they're just like, what is a movie? Like, I understand <laughs> renting movies on PVR or on demand, but what do you mean a physical copy of a movie you can rent? I'm like, yeah, it was like that back in the day. Uh, there's not very many left in Canada, but there are a few home shops that are open. I got to talk to an individual who owns his own shop here in Edmonton, and this is kind of what I got. Think about any movie you've watched at home in the last decade. Chances are that you either saw it in a theater or streamed it online. Now let me ask you, when is the last time you rented a physical copy of a movie? That's a little harder to remember, right? Movie shops such as Blockbuster were huge in the late 90s and early 2000s. You could walk into a shop immediately surrounded by a plethora of cult classics and trending flicks. Even major modern streaming services like Netflix used to send DVDs for a fixed subscription price up until 2007. But what happened to the days of Be Kind and Rewind? I spoke to Kevin Martin, owner of The Lobby, which is a local horror and sci-fi rental shop here in the heart of Edmonton's Strathcona district. Kevin says that there's something sentimental and nostalgic about renting movies. I've had some really uh, supportive and, and loyal regulars over the last few years, and sure, they could upload stream, but I, I just think they, they enjoy coming in, perusing. And the thing is, when they grab, let's say, three flicks uh, to take home with them, they're committed to watching all those movies because they went through the effort of exploring the store and choosing carefully. If you're on Netflix and you're flipping, you might start something and like, meh, not really into it. Hit pause. I'll get back to it some other time. You never get back to it. It's kind of like going to your favorite record shop and finding a sweet album on vinyl to take home and listen to. Unlike streaming services where you can shuffle tracks, you'd be more inclined to give the album a full listen. Kevin compares his DVD shop in a similar way. Renting movies encourages you to watch the films you picked out and even build rapport with individuals like Kevin who can begin to suggest great movies you've never seen. The other thing the video store offers is not to toot my own horn, it's me. Because the one thing Netflix can't do, it has the worst algorithm, you know. So what I like to do is people come in and a lot of them are quite open-minded. They'll, they'll, they'll say, you know what, Kev, recommend me, you know, I've rented six movies for 20 bucks for a week. So I'm like, you know what, here, take this, 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 and this. 
and they'll take, I try to give a little bit of everything. They'll come back. You know what, Kev? I really dug this. Wasn't really big on this. Uh, these ones were okay, but I love this one. So I'm like, well, you dug that one. Then, you know, now I get a feeling for what kind of person you are and what you might be looking for. And I will continue to take you down that rabbit hole of cinematic goodness. Although movie rental shops seem like a thing of the past, there's bound to be one in your city or neighborhood. Streaming may be the now, but it doesn't provide you with a level of unique customer service. Movie rental stores are like hidden retro gold mines. You can find the lobby on White Ave and 108th Street here in Edmonton. And tell Kevin I sent you. That's what I think I love the most about Kevin is he is just full of so much movie knowledge. That interview originally went on forever and ever. <laughs> and I was like, I could talk to you for hours. And I think that's kind of one of the nice things is if you go into his shop, you will get a playlist, like a, a video playlist curated by him well, yeah, you. and that's the one thing about algorithms that, you know, Netflix keeps doing is that, you know, an algorithm doesn't really know you that well, whereas you can get a vibe off of an actual person based on even on what they like, based on what they recommend and stuff Literally, like you'll, you'll watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and it'll be like, because you watch this, here's Suits. Two yeah. completely opposite And things. even if I may have watched it, but I, that doesn't mean I liked it. That yeah. doesn't mean I want anything exactly. else to do with that. Yeah, and that's 100%. You know, honestly, I'd say video rentals have become... Extremely underappreciated, especially given the eyes of rose-tinted glasses and nostalgia, for sure. Yes, and Fun speaking... Fun fact, I do still have a pair of Blockbuster 3D glasses. <laughs> like Why are you not wearing them right now? I don't know. I don't want to take them out of my drawer because they might be worth hundreds of dollars one day. <laughs> Probably. Well, speaking of underappreciated, I think that the most underappreciated thing in... All of the film industry is short films. I would say that's, yeah, that's pretty solid. I agree with you. That and indie films for me yeah. personally. But, like, again, I'd say they definitely get the um, they get the shadow of the actual yeah. movie itself. They're never really the prime example of, like, what could be. But it's extremely important, especially when getting into the industry, for sure. Like, for example, there was uh, The Present, which eventually went viral, and um, right. which was about an amputee and his dog, essentially. My favorite short film of all time. Yeah, hey? <laughs> it's going <laughs> to make me cry. And the thing is, is that the kid who made that ended up getting a job at Disney. So, again, yeah. it's a very important thing. And, like, a, even short films can turn into movies. Well, Wallace and Gromit, yeah. you know, premiered in 1989 and then on the BBC and then just made a huge hit out of it as well. And then that studio has been notorious for excellent claymation. And short films can, I think the most beautiful thing about them is that they're only like 15 to 20 minutes long and they yeah. can have a better message than some feature length two hour yeah. films. Yeah, and especially it's more focused on like lack of dialogue and stuff like that. It doesn't ham fist it. It, 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 it treats you like an intelligent person yeah. almost, you know? Yeah, so Sam, you uh, ended up talking with someone who is very fond of making short films? Yeah, I actually sat down with Spencer Short, who is actually in the program, but he's in the television stream. And he talked a bit about his inspirations on filmmaking and his processes, and a bit about why he thinks it's important for people to watch short films. A short film is any motion picture not long enough to be a feature film. Big creators like Disney, YouTubers Shane Dawson, Wong Fu Productions, and many more, even movie directors, create short films to bring different messages across to viewers. Spencer Short is a local short filmmaker in Edmonton who has created over a hundred different pieces of content, from short films to wedding videos. While making his videos, Spencer has his own unique process as to how he films his content. Generally, I start with a really loose idea 
I don't ever really write anything down unless it's going to be scripted when people need to be talking on camera. Otherwise, I just start filming and I just let the shooting process kind of dictate what the final film is going to end up looking like. And if I ever, you know, when I get into the edit, decide that I do need more footage, I just go and get it as I need it, which is definitely a more unorthodox way of doing it. Most people plan everything out before they go and shoot anything, but I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants and see where it takes me. Sometimes it results in a better piece, other times it's pretty evident that I didn't plan anything out. Though he professionally creates and produces his photos and videos, Spencer says that anyone is capable of telling their own stories through videos. In all honesty, in today's day and age, it's pretty simple for anybody to pick up their cell phone and go out and shoot a video. You know, it doesn't take a ton of skill to learn how to edit, doesn't take a ton of skill to learn how to shoot. Really, the, the most important thing for me is when you're creating a story or a piece of content, you need to always keep in the back of your mind, like, who's going to care when I put this out? Like, am I putting this out for myself? Make sure you keep that in check when you're out shooting. Don't expect the world to, you know bow down to you if you make a silly movie about your dog mm -hmm. but if you're really passionate about what you do and you're you know you have a, a genuine message behind the content that you're creating I think that you will end up finding your audience no matter what. Spencer believes that people should pursue their passions and no one should be afraid to make the content that they want. Honestly in in a world as connected as ours I think it's important for people to find what they like and to embrace it. Um, platforms like YouTube and Instagram have made it so exponentially easier for people to you know latch on to certain things that they like and watch infinite hours of content on it so i think if you can find something that you really like and then you know pursue different videos or films or whatever about that that passion of yours it will only grow your passion and I don't know. I think it's way easier to learn how to tie a tie nowadays that there's videos for it on YouTube than it was 20 years ago and you had to look it up in a book. Spencer is currently working on a short film that should be released around Christmas called Berta Boy, which is essentially all about what it means to be an Albertan. So yeah, I didn't know much about filmmaking and short films, but after talking to Spencer, I was able to grasp a little bit more on like how much work is put into making these films. And I mean, it's not easy. Like It's all manual labor. Yeah. So... Um, props to all the filmmakers out there. Yeah, and yeah. I think that one thing that we can learn from Spencer is that any one of us, you could go out and pick up your phone and just make a short film. Yeah, especially in the age of social media, that's for sure. Now, we are reaching the end of the feed for we, this week. Yes, unfortunately. But, but you can always tune in every Friday at 12 for a new segment. We're going to be doing right. food next week, so stay tuned for that. And just to quickly round off our movie segment, I want to give a quick uh, news release. If you haven't seen already today in Marvel news, Spider-Man is back in the MCU. They have made an agreement to bring him back for another Spider-Man movie and another MCU-related movie. So the next Spider-Man movie is expected July 16th, 2021. Oh, what a great way to end the segment with yes. some really solid news. Thanks, you guys, for tuning into the feed. Like we said, we, you can tune in every Friday at 12 a.m. And we are correction, 12, 12 p.m. 12 p.m. And next week we'll be talking about food.